there's already like three shows out, right? So it would be stupid for me to say that. Uh, I mean, you, you could, still but be yeah. Happy about yeah, Happy New Year from me, because this is probably the first one, right? <laughs> That's the first one you've you've been on in the New yeah, Year. Yeah, think, okay. So. Sincerely, yeah. Happy New Year from me. <laughs> Sincerely, Happy New Year from Jess and Nicole is also here. Hi. And tonight we are doing Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Who knew about this coming out? Anybody? Anybody? I knew it because your mom said that. And I was like, what the heck are you talking about? Who's Black Bottom? <laughs> when we were doing our draft. Ma Rainey's. <laughs> okay, whatever. That's the only thing I ever heard of it. Was when uh, your mom said it. Yeah, we did our draft show a couple, oh, I guess by this point, it's a couple weeks ago, and uh, that, that's actually live on the Instagram right now. The 2020 Listener Tournament of the Year is is live on Instagram if you want to go and vote on Ma Rainey or any other movies that come across. Uh, Nicole, I'm assuming this is your first brush with Ma Rainey? Yeah, when I, when I heard it was Black Bottom, me having a pastry and baking background there's a pie called a black bottom pie i honestly thought it was something about a woman baking so i didn't know anything about this so i was surprised to see what it was actually about yes not about a woman baking uh it's about a woman though my rainy chicago 1927 a recording session tensions rise between ma rainy her ambitious horn player and the white management determined to control the uncontrollable mother of the blues based on pulitzer prize winner august wilson's play August Wilson, playwright, uh, he's been around, well, I don't know if he's still alive, but uh, he also wrote uh, Fences, uh, which was turned into a movie a couple years ago, Denzel Washington movie, mm-hmm. I don't know if either you saw that, I quite enjoyed enjoyed that. Uh, you can probably tell pretty quickly into this movie that it's based on a play because it doesn't leave more than two or three locations the whole time. Won't have to give any more spoilers to that. It's also uh, Chadwick Boseman's final, I think this is his final performance we'll be seeing uh, he passed away earlier this year, but uh, I did believe this is the last one of him. I know. When I, I saw this movie, I was like, wait a second. I thought he was <laughs> that... died. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, uh, this is. I believe this is the last thing that will be coming out with him in it. He plays uh, Levy Green, the trumpeter. But we will get to that in a moment, because if you haven't seen Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I, uh, it's got award buzz for screenplay as well as Viola Davis and Chadwick Boseman uh, and yeah, some other smaller awards probably. So uh, keep your eye out on it on Netflix. We're going to spoil it now. We rate things here at Films with Women in My Life based on four criteria, and those are the plot, the characters, the visual and sound, and the overall resonance and feel of the movie. Uh, brief intro with Ma Rainey, who is a highly regarded blues singer in the 1920s, and she has been contracted to uh, have a recording session for this production production company in chicago uh she's a a blues singer from the south so this is all kind of not her not her style going up to chicago uh but she's agreed to do it and uh, she has a jazz band filled with a couple of old timers toledo cutler and slow drag as well as their younger up-and-coming trumpeter levy green and they are the five of them are going to be recording music at the studio for these two uh, uh, uptight white guys. Uh, one's one's uh, kind of sycophantic, trying to appeal to everyone, just get the thing made. The other's a little a little more hard headed. Doesn't uh, doesn't really like Ma and her crew being there, but uh, you know he sees dollar signs, so he's gonna he's gonna allow it. Uh, also throw in the perceived niece. Uh, they has an interesting relationship with Ma Rainey, I guess. We don't get a whole lot into that. Very but, uh, interesting. 
There is also her nephew, who has a stutter, but she insists that he uh, do the intro on the album. And uh, the whole thing is them trying to record a few songs, a lot of uh, conversations of political, social things of the time, uh, and the yeah, tensions rise and explode by the end of the movie between several of the band members and production people. So that is about as much of an overview of Ma Rainey's Black Bottom as I can give... Who's gonna get the Who's gonna get the the honor of uh, thinking what they thought of the plot? The uh, honor. It's gonna be Jess. Jess, what do you no, think of the plot of this movie? Oh, uh, what I think of the plot is that there is not much of a plot. Um, I this is gonna be interesting to talk about because it's like it's a high quality film. The acting was spectacular. Like the picture was really good. It's just like it's all dialogue, really. There's not really much like and this happened and this happened and this happened. It's probably four yeah. events that happened. And I'll just name them right now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, you're, you're talking about the plot. I mean, it, it is mostly talking in room. Yeah, it, it's all talking. It's just really shooting the shit kind of talking, too. It's not really like telling a story or talking to, like about the future. It's really just like guys, you know, just shooting the shit, waiting around. When Ma Rainey comes, like it, the plot definitely gets a little heavier and like there's more dynamics going on. Um, but. It really is all dialogue. So, what are us three going to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's give a. Maybe we'll get more with the the character parts since they're you know there's some. I, I have a few plot points I can point out when it's my turn. But uh, do you have a, a rating for this loose plot? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably overall. I think I'll give it a. It's a. It is a really good film, and it was like everything about it was good. It's just like there's not much going on. So. I, I think I'll give it a... I'm between a 3.5 and a 4. I'll be stickler and do a 3.5, but it was of quality. (laughs) That's a fair start. Uh, Nicole, what do you think of this? When I watch movies that are based on plays and they strictly still look like plays, like, I'm not... I'm just not a fan of of that style. And I know that we talked about this... Uh, you know, a couple months ago when we watched The Boys in the Band and it just felt mm-hmm. so play-ish and watching this is so play-ish and I, I just don't like that. I, I like to separate the experience of watching a play, um, which we do quite often. You know, we used to, me and Brennan used to go to plays in New York a lot and I know that we really enjoy seeing them in the theater, like not on my TV. It just feels different. I don't know. I think because it's supposed to be so poetic and so serious in in the sense that when it's on a stage, you can really focus on the body language and you can focus on what the people are saying more so than when you're watching it in a movie because you know that they have to edit and and you know film it a certain way and have little bits and bops here and there to fill it in to make it a movie you know it just doesn't give the same effect to me so that's kind of the first thing that i have to say um the plot is fine um i think it's a little bit more on the boring end actually usually i'm one to like dive into sentiment and reason for something to come out you know reason for someone to make something and this obviously has it um, but not until the end for me. I mean, there's little tiny hints throughout the f- first two thirds that this is obvious 
completely, you know, something that has to do with race and being a woman and being black people in the forties and the North and this and that, or excuse me, the twenties, twenties or forties. I don't even know. Twenties. The twenties. Um, you know, obviously we can all jump on that from the get go, that that's what this is going to be about. But the seriousness, just like you feel when you're watching a, a play in person, the seriousness doesn't start until about the ending. That's exactly what this was here, but that's not what I wanted. I'm having difficulty explaining what I'm trying to say, but I hope you understand what I mean. Like this is just better suited as a play for me, honestly. So that's why I'm going to keep it right now until we can dive in a little bit more and talk about what the symbolism is of these things and the, this discussion. Um, So I'm just going to give it a three for now. Yeah, I could break down the plot bits best I can. Into, there's two plot things we follow. There's Ma Rainey's, uh, she, she's the big blue singer of the time, but only only niche. Like, it seems like she has her own small audience, but other singers are getting bigger. Other black singers and other white singers singing, you know, traditionally black music. Then there's also Levy's plot where he's trying to start his own band like he thinks that you know this producer like likes all his stuff so he's gonna get a chance to do, get his own band going and he's he his music is what's gonna be popular and and um the producer seems to like his versions of things uh but we also learn about his very dark past and then by the end you know we're in spoilers now he kind of gets screwed pretty hard so like those are the two plot things i could follow it's a lot more of an ensemble than i was expecting you know when it's called ma rainey's black bottom you're expecting ma rainey all the time and ma rainey's only in about half the movie she's in the intro yeah and then we spend probably about 45 minutes with levy toledo cutler and slow drag in the in the room which i like the dialogue in there but like jess said it's just a lot of talking we're not really the, the, the plot isn't uh you know there's the big plot strands but we're not really advancing very much other than filling in details about who these people are i uh, mean if you, t- if you took a cut of all the times that cutler said this is what ma wants this is you're doing it by ma's rules i mean that takes 25 minutes out of the movie right there it's the same <laughs> conversation over and over again yeah but i mean it's you know like you said play, play base so like it's when you're it's a play and it's only in certain a couple of small rooms it's going to mostly be an acting and di- and writing showcase it's a showcase on how that actors you know melds into their characters or don't and then like how well the dialogue is written for the time and you know i, th- I think all that works pretty well but those are like the plot things i could follow was ma's plot which is really the second half of the movie and levy's which is starts at the beginning and then we kind of get little bits later um cutler seems to be the leader of the three older guys so because he gets seems to get the most talking points he probably has um, been with, with ma for the longest in her band yeah, it's Cutler, Toledo's the pianist, and then Slow Drag's the the, the bass player. Um, and when then, I was watching I, the movie, I just called it the young guy, the middle-aged guy, and the old guy. <laughs> but what did you call the other old guy? The third oldest old guy. guy. <laughs> oh, wait, there's, I thought there was only three. <laughs> Forgot he was there, guy. There's four, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm, it says we're all around the same part for the plot. I'm at like a three, five for a plot. Um, it, cause it's, it is meandering, but, uh, it is the, there, there, uh, there is a through line that I follow with Ma and Levy. So let's, let's talk about these characters more. Maybe that's, uh, maybe that will bring out more things to talk about. Ma Rainey, Viola Davis, uh, Levy, uh, Levy Green is Chadwick Boseman. And then you got, yeah, Cutler Toledo, Slow Drag, 
Uh, Mel is the owner of the studio, and there's also Irvin, who's Ma's manager. Those are the two white gentlemen. Uh, and then Dusty May is Ma's, I mean, again, spoilers, actually girlfriend, young girlfriend. Uh, and then there is also Ma's nephew, Sylvester. Uh, so what do we think of these characters, Nicole? First, I want to start by saying I have to give a lot of credit to Viola Davis for this, um, because as it's apparent in this, you know, she put on a lot of weight for this role. And, you know, I was actually reading something today that, um, what's the guy's name um, that was in Suber? Oh, Kamel Nanjiani? Yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I always forget his name. But right now there's a thing going around on Twitter about how he bulked himself up for Captain for a, a Marvel role. And there's just so much back and forth in the community right now about people blame uh, saying he's been taking steroids and things. I know this is off topic, but like, what I'm getting at is people idolize white men for putting on weight and losing weight so easily. But when it comes to people of color like him and like Viola Davis, it's always like, something else like they don't get the the recognition that they deserve for their dedication to the roles so that's what i have I to say she on. also had she did have cosmetics to make her seem even heavier but yeah she i mean she did put on weight for the role but um and yeah she did you're, you're, you're... because she also had to drop it just as quickly because she was filming something else i was reading so just the just that dedication to you know something that you believe in is really admirable and it hurts to think that people don't put the same respect on those type of people as they do like a, a a Chris Evans or a Chris Pratt, even, you know, it's like, they don't see it the same or some other white Chris, all the Chris's (laughs) or the, or the Christians. Um, so there's a couple (laughs) anyway. Um, I think that her performance is really good. I imagine that it's very true to who Ma Rainey actually was. Um, they show a couple clips at the end and she looks identical. Um, so that's really cool. The whole thing with her family is kind of weird. Uh, maybe I don't have enough knowledge to understand what type of family life was going on. I don't know if she's rich. I don't know if she has some money because she does these shows. I mean, it looks like it's she's getting drove driven around by her nephew. They're all dressed well. Like I don't, have a background to know but i also think that the four bandmates are really good too um the camaraderie it is a lot of talking but i think that it's very fluid and i think that they do a good job of keeping it up throughout the whole thing um showing the tensions flaring as we get towards the end and just showing the you know people getting pissed off and people not getting what they want out of the deal at the end. Like I think all, all the actors do a really good job of that. Um, they put a lot of stress on Chadwick for this. I mean, he had to pick up people and dance around and jump up and down. I'm like, Holy shit. You just, you can tell uh, he's a, uh, he's, I mean, if, if he weren't, if you, if you didn't know he was sick and dying at, and now just dead, uh, he looks very, uh, emaciated compared to you know the black panther that you saw a couple he definitely does but just the fact that like nicole said like they kind of like make yourself look a certain way for a movie i would have just assumed like this is how the character was so he just acted it that's true right yeah yeah definitely um but i mean just his just even his dedication in the sense of like the scenes where he literally has to lift another man's body at the end he's physically lifting it can you imagine how difficult it was for him to do that so those were the those were the things that really inspired me out of this. 
the relationship between the white managers and Ma Rainey and her and her group isn't as bad as I thought it would be until, you know, we look later on. But I mean, it seems that they're pretty fair to them. If you think otherwise, please let me know, because I feel like they were pretty fa fair throughout. Um, but I'm going to give the characters a four right now. What do you think, uh, Jess? Yeah, I agree with Nicole. I think I'm also going to give them a four. I agree with her where I liked hearing all the dialogue between the four guys in the basement um, and all their talk. But again, it's kind of like you could have went to use the bathroom or gotten a snack and went back to the movie and like, okay, Last they're still shirt. talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you really didn't miss anything that would have revealed anything spectacular. But I, now that I know that it was supposed to be, that it was first written as a theater performance, I don't know, like going in, it, it makes total sense now, thinking back to the way that the movie's um, made. For each of the men, Levy definitely was the one that's just like the hotshot guy, the one who thinks like, look at my shoes, he wants to be fly, he thinks he can get this business sale, he can like pick up any woman. Um, and the other three guys are like, all right, son, calm down. Um, but it is, it is cool hearing their stories because they all grew up in similar ways, but also not similar because in their conversation, you hear the generation gap of how they view things and how they think their life is going versus Levy's point perspective on things. So it was cool to kind of pick up, um, on that as well. I love Ma Rainey's persistence with, I guess, her white manager. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that probably is the the most entertaining part and the best part, especially when she knows that Sylvester has a terrible stutter and she's like, what? We're just going to, we're going to sit here until we get it right. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I just love that persistence because you never really see that in these movies. It's always the other way around. It's always um, the white men taking advantage of the black um, community, but it was really fun to see in this one perspective, she had total control and she, Definitely knew that, and she took it to her advantage. And um, it was just fun seeing that play out. Uh, as for her, I didn't I didn't realize this was her niece. Um, I thought it was just like a girl they hired, but her niece and nephew they I mean well, they, they didn't it have... was it was on uh, it was like under the guise of niece because you obviously couldn't have a, 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 a lesbian relationship back then, so that was like the hidden thing. But that was actually her her girlfriend. Okay, I didn't pick that up. I, I just thought it was someone they hired. I They didn't really have too big of a part, so I don't have much to say. They they just did what, what their script says. Uh, but overall, <laughs> I, I, I did like the characters. <laughs> yeah, so, like, the, I was surprised at Ma Rainey and, like, what kind of character she ended up being. I don't know about this woman in real life. Um, at times, like, they're, you're definitely, like, on, on her side, and she knows... Um, yeah, she knows this is like her one chance to have the hold the power over these these rich uh, record producing people, and you know, lord it over these other her other band members. And she she at times comes off a little tyrannical, like a little a little much for for what I was expecting. Um, as well as her like treatment of her what I guess just only thought was her niece and i would have been very disturbed if that's how she touched her niece because uh so no i, I didn't think she was her niece until you said so i thought it was just a girl they hired no it's i, I believe it's her girlfriend but uh it definitely seems like there's a, a power dynamic there that's not comfortable to me and it did not feel comfortable groupie. to me watching i suppose i don't know it felt um 
yeah, it it didn't feel totally uh, two way street kind of relationship there, especially when she she gets swooned by uh, 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 Levy. But uh, Ma comes off complex, and I think that's that's actually a better choice than having her be fully uh, virtuous and fully uh, untouchable. She she seems extremely flawed, and I I, I actually prefer that. Uh, still still the protagonist though, because. I, I'm with Levy the whole time. I think he's an awesome character. I really liked him throughout. And by the time what happens to him at the end happens, I'm like, ah, oh, I really wish that's not how we, we ended it. That's uh, like, you kind of saw, I saw one, you know, the two gut punches at Levy at the end. And one, I, you know, is obvious and you see coming the other, I did not see coming at all. Um, and I'm sure you guys can guess which is which yeah, when we get there. So I, I think it's a great final Chadwick Boseman performance. I've never, Thought of him as a as a you know one of the better thespians. He's a decent movie star in his in his big blockbustery roles. But um, this is probably the best performance performance I've seen out of him. So it's a fitting fitting way to go out, uh, even if it's too soon. Uh, the band is good. I like the bands uh, as good background characters. Uh, yeah, I like just less to say on on Dusty May and Sylvester, the girlfriend and nephew. Um, and I thought there was a good uh, uh, distinction between the two white guys, Irvin, the Moz manager, the one who was sweaty and trying to appease her all the time and, and getting, <laughs> running around trying to get her to calm down about not having the right Coca-Cola or whatever. Uh, seemed, while the other one he seemed more genuine to her and actually well, wanted her to be there. He's the manager, so he has to have some sort of working relationship with her. Whereas the other right. guy is just, oh, I don't know why you can't keep these these, uh, these people in in line. I have a deadline to meet. <laughs> like he's just the classic, like uh, you know, jackass, uh, must yeah, mustache twirling <laughs> villain. I was going to go Mr. with Mr. Waternoose uh, from Monsters Inc. Yeah, kind of, kind of. Well, Mr. Waternoose <laughs> pretends to be nice. So this guy, this guy, barely barely so puts is, on. So a, does a this guy. guy? He pretends that he's interested in the. In his music to appease him and get him to write the music. Well, Mr. Waternoose is a better pretender. This guy is, I mean, he's a total, he's, he's a slime ball, and we see it by the end. You, you knew he was the whole time, but it's good performances. It's a little uh, uh, uneven with um, the side characters that aren't our two leads, but I think I'm at like a. I'm gonna I'm gonna go bump it to the four or five because I really think oh my uh, I think Viola and Chadwick get noms and I think they both deserve noms I don't know if I don't know if they'll they'll get wins it'll all depend although voting situation but they they both were very good I I see noms for them and deserving deservingly so uh, visual and sound you know it's a play not a lot of sets but uh, some things to notice I suppose what do you think of that Jess. So we're talking about the basement or the car because I think those are the only two visuals. <laughs> well, there's like really two remember. basements. There's like the there's like the dressing room part of the basement. And there's the recording room. So there's like you know two two rooms, three rooms if you count the all right, the yeah. <laughs> the yes, there's not a lot of sets. I mean, I admire how they made it look like the 20s. It was very historical. Nothing too flashy, and like you know, nothing that just seemed like they were in a dump. I I don't really have really much to say about the visuals. Just um. Anything for the music? This is a this has oh. music in it. I was expecting more music, actually. It being a like you know they they basically do one or two songs in the basement. Most of it is just talking about stuff. Yeah, and I mean blues. It's not like I have a whole blues playlist on my phone, so I'm not like the blues connoisseur. But the music did sound nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a, like the closest thing to live music I've seen in a while. Just watching people play, which I, I haven't done in some time, and. Obviously, they were all very talented. Um, it was, I think it was 
very apparent that uh, Ma Rainey was lip-synced by whoever, was it actually like the real Ma Rainey that they played on set or was it like someone else that recorded over her? I mean, she would have been dead a long time. I don't know what, what her... They played a little bit of her actual voice in the That's what I mean, credits. yeah. Like, was the music her actual voice, or was it someone else just singing her songs? The music at the end was her actual voice. During during Viola Davis' performance, I'm I'm not sure if if someone else sang it. Might her, even it be her. her. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I, I am not sure. Probably should look that up. But uh, I don't think it was the original Ma Rainey, because, like, all of her recordings would have been, like, kind of staticky and old. You can only restore something so much. Yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, I, I did think going into this, there was going to be more music or, you know, they fight and then break out in song like movies do, but none oh, of that musical? really happened. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely yeah. not a musical. <laughs> none of that really happened. Um, but it was entertaining to watch. Again, it's not something I typically watch a genre I watch or a genre music I listen to. So it was, um, I guess something new and, uh, fun, but I guess I'll give it a three because they did they did well for what they did but it's it's not like they had a whole showcase for everyone yeah what do you think uh, nicole uh well i i actually quite like um the blues and that style it reminds me of my dad my dad's a little older he wasn't not born in the 20s but um <laughs> the, the 30s <laughs> he was born in the 40s um but still just just that um, that type of music resonates with me a little bit just because it reminds me of him. So I do enjoy that. And I enjoy seeing talented people play instruments well and coming together. And it's like nothing is fake. Nothing is played over. Nothing is digital. Nothing. It's like it's legitimate. And I like that they showed that. Um, they, I like how they showed in the studio that if they fucked up, they had to throw the whole record away and it was like a big deal. Yeah, like, I was going to mention that. I thought that was, <laughs> yeah, that was Could funny. you imagine like getting to the end of the song and someone sneezes or something and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> you got to do the whole thing over again. Uh, you always tripped up on the b- 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 black bottom yeah. every time and then yeah. you just toss it, toss it in the garbage again. <laughs> oh man, that would be so crazy. But I like that they did that you know just to give us a little taste of what actually goes into it i the man the whole scene in the basement of the four guys and just the explosive tendencies that levy had and you know he was getting so angry about what seemed to be the most minuscule things like in the beginning when everyone was making fun of him for about buying the shoes and then it got to the point where you know someone stepped on the shoes and it caused some Don't step on you know, the shoes. traumatic traumatic things to happen i mean just this like explosive personality i i don't know if i'm quite understanding why this happened i mean we get his backstory and i get that i get how hard it was for him and how he's trying not to keep white people as just an authoritative figure to him um he doesn't want people to think that he is all yes sir yes sir and i like i get all that but i mean holy shit he was acting like that to these other guys who would just want to help him and you know just want to be honest with him and invite him into the group that's what i was getting so i don't know where all that shit came from but um that was crazy I don't have much else to say. I, 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 I mentioned before that I really like the costumes. Um, I think that they were really cool. And I think that they were really exciting to see to be 
reminiscent of like the twenties of like what they would actually wear. So I liked all that. Um, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a four. I uh, I like the room. Yeah, the room the four of them get ready in. Uh, that like it's like like super dirty. There's that door that's super locked, and they want to go out. And that it's not a full alley. It's just that one like like uh, cement room. That like some old building mm-hmm. stuff. I really understood that, like a storage room, I guess. Um, I, I think it looks really good. Another thing is like everyone is dripping sweat the whole time, especially Ma. Oh, Ma oh is, yeah, uh, I was. Nasty. Yeah, I was hot. Ma is watching boiling her. all the time, to wipe like underneath her eyes. Yeah, her makeup was, was everywhere. Melting. Oh my god, I'm like, wow, you're you're literally melting. Like I, I like get this woman a fan. She that. needs it. <laughs> like now, like at first, like her Coca Cola request seems uh, seems a, a little over the top. And you know, then she goes on a whole rant that they just wouldn't care to give her one. But now I'm like, Ma, you need like some ice water or something. You are, you are, <laughs> <Chug that shit. laughs> you are looking like Frosty at the like at the end of the when he gets in the greenhouse. It's not good. Um, but it, like when I say not good, it, it looks really good. Like I think uh, when you were doing a play and you're shooting it, like there's not a lot you can do. I'm glad Nicole pointed out the the, the records getting thrown out that stuck out to me. Uh, so it's a lot of small things, a lot of small choices just to fit atmosphere, and I think they did that really well. So I'm out of four. Um, because it's not going to be, uh, you know, a visual effects blockbuster, but, uh, for, for a play brought to the screen, I think it's a pretty, pretty solid, uh, way to do so. Uh, this ending here, the, after they finally finished the recording and everyone seems to be in decent spirits, uh, Levy mouths off one too many times to Ma and everyone else and Ma fires him and he stomps out, storms out and he's, he has to grab all his stuff uh, then there's also the deal with uh, getting uh, everyone paid, and that's Ma's one final battle with these these. Uh, with water noose. What is it? Yeah, with water noose, <laughs> and water noose finally finally relents and so here you go, Ma. Just like I promised. And he's like, she's like, man, whatever, get the fuck out of here. And so <laughs> she's leaving. Uh, sweaty sweaty white manager finally gets her to sign uh, the the release papers so that they can they can get work on publishing. And then she leaves, and we get the conclusion of Levy's story, Levy, Levy's story, uh, who he's like, he's still mad about getting fired, but he's also mad that no one will take him seriously. So he's like, oh, oh, uh, Mr. Sturdivant, uh, I got got the, you know, these these songs, like, they're they're real good. Like, what uh, when do you want to start working on them? He's like, I don't think it's quite the right time, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you five bucks for the ones you gave me. He's like, no, I, I, I want to, I got more. I, I want to sing them for you. Like, I got, I can get a whole band together. Or not sing them, play, play trumpet on them. And he's like, eh, it's just not the right time. But uh, here, here's a couple of bucks. And uh, yeah, if you write any more, let me know. And then he leaves and you know, pretty much just let him on for his songs and paid him almost nothing for them. And so uh, Levy gets so mad that when uh, Toledo accidentally stuffs, scuffs his shoe, he uh, berates him for a few minutes and then stabs him in the back. And, uh, and Literally stabs him in the back. <laughs> Literally stabs him in the back. Uh, and uh, Toledo dies on the floor as Cutler and Slow Drag just kind of walk out, shaking their heads. Um, pretty calm reactions, uh, but uh, they, they walk out. And uh, uh, Levy, uh, Levy, why don't I keep doing that? Did we still get this whole time? Levy uh, cradling Toledo's body. And our final shot is showing... Mr. Sturdivant has taken Levy's songs to get a new band to record them, consisting entirely of white men. And uh, that's the last shot of the movie we get. So That would have been a very powerful theatrical ending. Like, imagine if you saw that, just him stabbing him, like, on stage. That would have been, like, 
boom. <laughs> yeah, there was the. I was talking about the two moments, the two, but the like moments you of ah uh, poor poor Levy. First is the obvious one where he he Mr. Stradivant, uh shorts him and like doesn't take his let him do the music. You knew he was going to steal it and give it to some other band that he wanted of of white of white men. And then yeah, the second one which I did not see coming was him stabbing Toledo. I had no idea that was going to happen. Um. Not totally sure if I like it, but I kind of I I get the the larger thing they're going for. But I guess now is the time to talk about that. Well, uh, I think Levy was also kind of already on edge because he brought up his whole family dynamic, which is probably not something he talks about or opens up to people about every day. So I think he was already on edge there. Then he just got a little bit higher and higher and higher, and, and it just got to the breaking point. Well, I think it's like, and it's it's the I think the stabbing part works for it doesn't fully work, but like it works in the greater storytelling in that uh it's like the guy who gets berated by his boss all day and goes home and beats his wife he's the guy who gets uh you know the, the white man shorts him all the time and so he goes and stabs a fellow black man like it's um the, you know you can't punch up to the power the power person above so you take your anger out on someone else who doesn't deserve it so i, I understand what they were going for with that um i don't it just it seems a little over the top that he would just stab him, even if it was boiling up inside of him. But, uh, you know. I mean, I, I the room was like, literally yeah. boiling, too. Like, imagine just being that That's hot. true. <laughs> That's true. He <laughs> always does things. If you've seen 12, 12 Angry Men, it's, uh, he d- definitely does things. But uh, Residence of Field, uh, what do you have? I guess Jess, just continue. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I took that over a little bit. Um... <laughs> you got something to say? <laughs> well, I guess talking about this the stabbing. like a like... Field. Yeah, when when someone dies, you feel like, oh my gosh, our remorse. But when this kind of dies, it didn't hit me that way. It was just more of like a surprise. But I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I feel so bad for him. What did he do? Because I think everyone else's reaction wasn't panicky. It was just kind of like, let's just slide on out of here. So it's kind of like the death (laughs) was just like, your interpretation of it was just kind of like, all right, I'm going to let this death slide upon me or something like that. It, It wasn't like building up to it and it was just like what like what happened like we weren't all turning heads and just being like did you just see that it was just kind of like shove this away and let's just go out of the theater kind of thing uh i don't know if you guys got that reaction but that's when i saw that i was just felt kind of like that and if that's the height of the emotion of the movie i don't know if what they were really going for again if we saw it in um in actual theater, I think it would have been a like completely live theater, you mean, right? yeah, yeah, a completely different um, interpretation of that. Um, but I think honestly, the most entertaining parts were was the dynamic between Ma Rainey and her manager. It was interesting, like the again the communication with the guys in the basement. But I think that is something I would probably remember. Just like I said before, it was so rare to see that dynamic. Usually, it's just. Um, the black people just being bossed around by whatever the white guys say, but I I like seeing the switch. So I I think I'm also gonna give this a three five. What do you think, uh, Nicole? Well, to be quite honest, I don't really get it. I don't really get. You don't it. get it. <laughs> I don't get the stabbing at all. The only thing that I can come up with is perhaps Toledo was giving white people the benefit of the doubt all day and he got pissed off at it and just decided to stab him. I mean, uh, all the back and forth between these four guys has been pretty chill, in my opinion. I mean, when they get... 
I mean, obviously nowadays, like fights are so overreacted and so over the top in movies. You know, if someone gets mad at somebody, they're throwing papers across the desk and this and that and the other thing. And of course, they're not going to do that in this because that's not how these people acted. Like, it wasn't like that. But the fact that he had all this built up anger from what seemed like not that much to go to be mad about. I mean, not something that would push you over the edge this far and then to go and just stab this dude that literally is just walking around. I just, I don't get it. I don't get the symbolism. I don't get the meaning behind it. So that's where I stand with that part. The part that really irritates me, meaning, you know, they, they really hit me with this is that final scene where we pan out and we see that whole fucking white crew singing the song that he made and i it's like that's the most gut-wrenching thing to me you see how these people work with ma rainey the whole time and she's so uh strong and and says you're not taking my money out of my pocket for my nephew you're giving him his own damn money like that type of thing is great to see but obviously that wasn't changing how these men felt about anything they just you know gave that gave the black guy five dollars and took it and they're gonna go make thousands of dollars because this white troop was singing it like that was the most aggravating thing to me but yeah i don't get the, i don't get the stabbing um I'll, yeah i'll do my best to explain in my interpretation of that uh i'm just i'm gonna give it a three and a half generously for me we talked about it we kind of brushed over it uh levy's whole story with his father is that like uh he left one day and all the the bunch of white guys came into their house then raped his mom and he had to watch and then he had to sell the farm so that they could like go and live somewhere and he had to sell it to one of the white guys and he had to do it like you know just quietly because if he didn't you know the, the law would take the white guy side and then he went back and killed a bunch of the white guys and they killed him eventually but he took he took i think four with him and that's like a, a badge of pride for for levy is like one day he's gonna he's gonna get his own vengeance on on the white guys but he's biding his time and he's waiting and then in the end when the guy the white guy screws him over at the end of the movie he goes and senselessly kills another black person uh which i took you know i think that takes the black on black crime is not just uh you know because it's not always, it's it's senseless but it's got a larger thing of like he, he it's a anger thing he can't take out on the real perpetrators so I that's what I, I, as, I don't see it as that the only other thing that i could see it being is that he levy was getting really pissed off as they were talking about god and you know say don't don't take the Lord's name in vain and all that type of stuff. And then he went on his tangent of, well, where was God when all this happened to my mom? And um, that was the only yeah. other thing I could see him getting mad at Toledo was that he was saying, you know, God wouldn't do this to you. But he's like, but he did. That would make more sense to me. But it wasn't clear. I thought that, no, that was Cutler he was arguing with, not Toledo. Oh, all right. Well, I feel like, I don't know. Well, I think it. It's like he doesn't want to stab. At the end, he doesn't want to stab Toledo. He wants to stab Mister Sturdivant. He wants to stab him and be like, "This is for all the other white men raping my mom and killing my dad and taking our farm and you st- trying to steal my songs. This is this is for you screwing me over forever." And he can't stab Mister Sturdivant, so he stabs in his rage the only other person there, which is another black guy who's been struggling. And I think that's a larger like 
the black on black crime isn't just because you know it's not just small misunderstandings. It's that that's what I took out of it. You, you see what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's up for interpretation. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it could it could be anything. Well, I don't know if I'm right. That's just what it seemed like to to me. And then when the other two guys just leave the room, it's the it's society turning in a blind eye. Just another just another. I suppose, yeah. But uh, that's that's how I took that ending, and that's the only way I can make the stabbing make sense to me. Because otherwise, yeah, it kind of came out of left field. Um, and the yeah, the guy singing the 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 all white band at the end singing is pretty pretty gut punching. It's pretty shitty uh, to, to have to watch that. Mostly because the, the the lead guy they have singing it is like the most punk, punchable looking white guy they could pick. Like they have all these other guys, and they just pick this like weeniest little guy. And like oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they picked a punchable man to to, to sing that to sing that song at the end. But uh, yeah, the three three and a half. You give, uh, I think I'm gonna give it. It's the only thing is it's not super sticky. Like I won't be thinking about this. You know, this parts of this that'll come back and swirl around in the ether, but it's probably not going to make my top of the year. It's uh, it, with Jess, it'll it would have been really good to see as a play, but that's kind of how we end on a lot of these ones where they're adaptations of plays. Oh, that would have been so good if we saw it in person, and then you watch on the screen, and you're like, yeah, it's good, but like I can see how that would be better if it was actors in front of me. Uh, so three five is I think where I'm going to land too, and we are at the end. Uh, Jess, you recommending my Rainey's Black Bottom? I think I will. Probably a loose recommend. Um, I really like Viola Davis. Um, I mean, she's in a lot of my favorite TV shows, and I've always looked forward to seeing movies with her. Obviously, if it wasn't for her, I probably would not be as excited to watch this. Um, But I think I'd probably take it as just make sure you know this is a slow-moving movie with very little plot, and then you should watch it. (laughs) Just know that beforehand. Thankfully, it's only ninety-four minutes. Because yeah, if this were much longer, it would have uh, it would have been. It it does. Uh, it's a slow ninety-four for sure. But um, what do you think, uh, Nicole? You gonna recommend? Um, yeah, this is definitely more of an art piece and a statement piece that would probably work really well in a theater setting. Um, but it, I I don't think I can recommend this. I really didn't like it that much. I thought it was kind of boring. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm with Jess. I'm on the light recommend side. You have to want to watch a movie like this. It's got good performances. I like a lot of the snappy dialogue. Uh, if you're looking for the big messages, I think they're there. Uh, it's not super finessed. If you're going to compare it to another one of, uh, of, uh, August Wilson's plays, uh, adaptations, I like Fences more, the Denzel Washington directed and starring one, also co-starring Viola Davis. Uh, so I like Fences a lot more. Um, but, uh, yeah, this is, this is good. Uh, it's a light recommend for me, um, but yeah, know that you're watching something that's going to be slow and a bit of a thinker and uh, a lot of talking. So, two softish recommends, one not quite recommend. So that's where we stand on Ma Rainey's. Not bad. Uh, it's just a somewhat enjoyable experience. So uh, we've got a couple other 2020 movies coming up as we're wrapping up those, as well as our uh, uh, top five show that'll be coming out in just a few weeks, maybe even the next week when you're hearing this, uh, where we get top five. We're probably going to do some other fun things like bottom five. Uh, I don't know how we're going to do things looking forward to since you never really know what's going to be coming out these days, but we'll we'll add some extra things for that last show, that big wrap up show. Uh, But before we get to that, we do have a host pick coming up. And that will be oh, our next episode. And God. it's Nicole's turn. Oh, Nicole, what do you got for us? What do you got for us, Nicole? <laughs> well, I'm going to give out a couple stats. I don't want you to say it if you know what it is. I just want you to think about it, and then I'll tell you what it is. Okay. All right. Uh, all right I see what we're doing. So I've never seen this before. 
It is a 2006 film. I already don't know it what is. it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a film. Oh, nope. Never seen it. <laughs> Even if I saw it, I forgot it. 2006, <laughs> no way. <laughs> 2006. 2006 it is, right now, it is on Netflix. It has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it was directed by Guillermo del Toro. Any guesses? I think I know what I think I know what it is. I'm gonna say it. You tell me if you think. I don't know. It is. I need wait. I need another clue. I need another clue. Give give just one more clue. Oh, one more clue. Um, fantasy. Yeah, I I think I know what it is. Fantasy. Can I get a drum roll, please? Yeah, I don't know. It is Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, Pan's Labby. Yay. Pan's Labyrinth. I, uh, I have not seen this in a long time. You know what I've that is, I've never seen it before. Never I was scrolling through. Oh, I don't oh. know if you're going to like it. It's a little on the No, you're in side. for a treat. It is different. I've seen so many things in my life about this, and I've never, you know, put the uh, pedal to the metal on watching it, so. Nice, and we get to make Mama K watch this, so this is that's, that's fantastic. Um, <laughs> Pan's Labyrinth streaming. You said on Netflix right now. On Netflix, yep. Guillermo del Toro. I think a lot of people know the Pale Man dies in the hand. We won't have to give much more away. I don't want to just a little tease there. So Pan's Labyrinth on Netflix. That's Nicole's host pick for this month. That'll be coming out soon. Until then, if you have recommendations for us, only going to be doing a couple more 2020 movies before we dip back into recommendations. Films with the Women in My Life on Facebook. You can reach out to me on Instagram. I am Brennan underscore pod host. Email the show, filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Also on Twitter at filmswomenpod. Thank you guys for being on for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Thank you. Until next time, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Keep up with the latest from the show on Instagram at Brennan underscore Podhost, on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life, and on Twitter at Films Women Pod. Finally, you can email the show with questions and suggestions at filmswiththewomen at gmail.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke and Chris Iwanek. Original artwork created by Nicole Delesio. This show is produced by Brennan Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoy your movies.